What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast. My name is Adam Schubert, and as always, I'm joined by Lennon Burke. Lennon, how are you doing? Doing well, man. Great week for, like, movie and TV fans. Not only do you have King Kong versus Godzilla, which I know you didn't see. I'm going to do a non-spoiler because I saw it tonight in the theaters. Talk about that. We got Invincible, which I'm ecstatic to talk to you about. Falcon Winter Soldier, which is still killing. And then we're on the bottom half of our top 10 list. we have I mean, our top 25 actors list. We've been doing this for a couple weeks now. And now we're on 10 through 6. I'm excited yep. to discuss it because we got some other topics that you texted me about today. I know we're not going to do it today, but we got some great stuff planned for you guys. Yeah, you know, definitely thinking about separate conversations we can have that are different than the, the news every week and, yep. you know, reviews. So, I mean, I know that, that that's really great things to do for this podcast and what we're all about but you know we also want to have like general movie conversations the kind of conversations that you have with your buddies in the basement yep 100 your, your friends at the bar yeah you know. and real quick april 10th april 10th pitch it it's going down damo gary taking on no lapels reddit aka louise uh damo's pre-fight interviews out today he said he's not scared of nobody he's ready come out swinging so be on the lookout 8 p.m central time 9 p.m eastern 6 p.m west coast saturday april 10th is going down shuby last week we had a pretty fun pitch it match um with uh with Ian what do you Pete. say anime yeah. yeah pete and uh ian and that th- you know that went five rounds and had some really great pitches in it, so I can only be excited for the next one. I mean, it just gets better and better, it seems. The, the best event on the internet, the best game show league on the internet, pitch it. Don't make sure you don't miss it April 10th, but we got a lot to discuss, you. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and get right now. All right, so... Wake up one morning and all of a sudden I'm seeing this picture floating around, you know, Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, like in the morning, like in the early a.m. And it's like a, a Obi-Wan cast list. At first I'm thinking this is fake, fake, because I mean, the main the main thing that made me think this was fake was when I saw Kumail Nanjani on there. I'm like, what the heck is this guy doing? Yeah, but no, it's, it's for real. Uh, the, you know, Disney Plus confirmed its cast for the new Obi-Wan series. Of course, Ewan McGregor playing Obi-Wan, Hayden Christensen, which we've talked about before, back to play Vader. Also back, Joel Edgerton. He's going to come back Owen. Uncle Owen and Bonnie Pierce, who uh, played Aunt Peru in Attack of the Clones. She'll be back. Uh, but the new cast includes included uh, includes Moses Ingram, who is best known for her recent uh, role on Queen's Gambit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kumail Nanjani, of course, People know him from multiple different movies. Uh, Idira Varna, who we've talked about being in this cast already. She is, of course, from one of the ladies of Dorne, Game of Thrones. Uh, Rupert Friend, uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr., our guy. We all know pretty well. Uh, Sung Kang, Fast and the Furious legend. Yes. Justice for Han. Kessel. 
Yeah, I thought it was funny that he played a character Han in Fast and Furious, and now he's in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But um, Simone Kessel and then Benny Safady, which was another name I saw in there. Where the, I was big, like, what? the biggest shocker to me was Benny Safady. Look, this is a great cast. I hope that Benny's writing on this. I hope Kamel's writing on this. Both big writers. Like I hope, like this star, this series could be great. It's like a limited event. That's what they're calling it. Six episodes only. If I had to guess, I'm guessing Kumel's gonna be either an alien or a droid voice. And I'm guessing that Benny Safadi's either an alien or a droid, droid voice as, as well. Like I feel like Benny's gonna be an alien. I think he might be. Yeah, I think Benny's gonna be full on alien. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sun King, I can see being some kind of. Uh, either bounty hunter or some type of bounty shit. hunter or you know smuggler or yeah maybe same with somebody... oj jackson jr yeah definitely same with oj jackson jr uh the one other bit i have in here about moses ingram moses ingram made a post right after being posted in that cast list and said that she gets to play with lightsabers that was a quote so that makes me think that she might be the inquisitor mm. Um, Ooh, some of these could be Inquisitor. Yo, wait, if O'Shea Jackson Jr. was an Inquisitor, that'd be crazy. Like, the big dude with the, uh, like, make him an alien, like, that'd be crazy. I can see, like, oh, man, possibilities are endless for this. That's what I'm thinking. You know, there's a lot of really good possibilities for all sorts of characters in this group. Um, So I think that it's a pretty solid cast to Mm -hmm. be talking about right off the bat. And also thinking that Uncle... Oh, and Aunt Brew are back to play. It's supposed to be 10 years after Re- uh, Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Will, will we get a young Luke casting? I think we will. I, I think that's pretty, it's a pretty simple casting to make. Yeah, you don't necessarily kid. have, yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be like Mark Hamill's, you know, spawn. It just <laughs> has to have blonde hair and be short. Yeah, I mean, you don't even have to show his face, honestly. You could put, do it like they did the last time, was just show him from behind. And but see when I saw Joel Edgerton, I was like, Joel Edgerton, what role could he be playing? And then someone's like, Bro, you're stupid, Uncle Owen. And I was like, Oh, Uncle Owen. <laughs> yes, from the great Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. But solid casting. This just makes me excited for Obi-Wan. Yeah, the unfortunate news though, Ahmed Best, he confirmed that Jar Jar won't make an appearance. You know, I know everyone was holding out for that. No, 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 no one was not. <laughs> just you, just you weird Star Wars fans, like you super fans, because I'm a fan, but you, you, you super fans are like, yeah, oh, let's bring everybody back. No, there's just, there was no way that, like when I saw this, I was like, well, there's no way Jar Jar would fit in the story. Exactly. To be honest. Jar Jar's like dead. No, he's probably not dead, but he's probably on the boo. And like, there's no, there's no didn't he like stop being uh, uh, in the Senate and like started being a clown? Oh, I mean, that's, you know, that's all not official canon. Oh, I thought that was official. My bad. Unless it was in the comics. I don't know. Mm, okay. But, I, uh, I, yeah, I thought he like had a mental breakdown. Something. I don't remember. But uh, yeah, this is all really exciting. So good Star Wars stuff, but. Let's, now, let's get to the yeah. Let's the get to the DC. realm of DC, man. Suicide Squad trailer. It dropped. I told y'all this is gonna be the best comic book movie or TV show that drops this year. I stand behind that. The trailer was incredible. Off rip. The team of Pete Davidson, arm fall off ball, aka Nathan Fillion, Javelin. Uh, that whole team where they're walking in front of the the uh, American flag. I guarantee you they die. I'm willing to bet my mortgage to 
$10,000 that they die. They're the, because J, uh, James Gunn was like, don't stay attached to anybody. People's heads explode. We know Peacemaker's not dying because he's getting a TV show. They're not killing Margot Robbie. And if Idris Elba dies, it's at the end of the movie. That team is toast. Well, I think, it, you know, it, it is like two separate teams. Mm-hmm. I almost want to think. And then like either one team like gets destroyed in battle or has like some people splinter off and get their head blown off. Stuff like that, you know. There's Cause not because Margot Robbie no has reason... the javelin at the end of the movie. Yeah, I mean at the end well, of the trailer. I, what I'm saying is like, there's no reason that they're going to specify in the trailer and again in the movie that they're impl- implanting something in the back of your head to blow it up if they're not going to actually do it. And so. that was the biggest complaint of David Ayers was that we never got to see someone's heads explode. And James Gunn was like, "Oh, we're exploding a lot of heads." Yeah, I, you know, this trailer was really great in a lot of different ways. Um, I think who shines really... to you. Well, I mean, besides Harley, it was Cena. Say, Cena stood out to me about, the most. Well, that's what I was about to say. Like, I thought, um, but yeah, besides Harley, like everything that John Cena did in that made me really feel the character. It made me understand why he's getting a TV character. show. You know, I feel like Idris Elba is going to be that character that's a little bit so the straight serious. man. Yeah. But he did make some jokes. I'm not going to lie. Idris did throw some jokes in there. And I did like his character. Like I, like I texted you, I was like, or I might have said this in the Discord. John Cena was the number one for me. And then I have Idris and Margo tied second. And then King Shark. Nom nom. And then splitting that dude in half. Like, let's go King Shark. Yeah, King Shark's definitely going to be a fan favorite once mm-hmm. this thing happens. Yeah, I feel like that. Uh, all of that is going to be on that one team that stays more so. What I have a question for your theory is how long do you think into the movie they make it? I'm assuming the movie's two and a half hours. I think the first 20 to 30 minutes is the first team and then they die. Whoa. Yeah. I could, you know, the the way I could see that happening is like, so Amanda Waller tries to go on with this other suicide yep. squad. And That's exactly what I think yeah. it is. Yep. And she's trying to do these other people. She's like, I'm not messing with Harley anymore. Like I'm giving these new people a shot. They're more list. They listen more, but they're not as strong. They die. Also, Starro playing out in the open and I love it. And people are like, oh, they're going again with like some weird villain. But no, listen to this. Starro takes control of this entire country, thus making the army start fighting other people. So they have to destroy the army and then destroy Starro. I think it's an amazing villain choice for uh, specifically the Suicide Squad without having to choose a person while still giving them human people to fight, but still making it like weird and crazy James Gunn-esque. I mean, I have no issue with Starro. I mean, I think Starro is pretty fun villain to have in a, a movie that's supposed to be a little bit off the rails. Mm-hmm. It just so. works. It works better than Enchantress. I'm loving everything I see from the Suicide Squad movie. Dirty Dozen, war film with some good humor, not Guardians humor. I saw people trying to say that. No, it felt like mature humor, and I love that it's rated R. It needs to be rated yeah, R. The Guardians humor was like cheesy. playing on the cheesy Disney MCU kind of humor where like this is like... Like black comedy almost. Like it felt like a Quentin Tarantino style humor. Pretty much, yeah. This is they're gonna pull no punches, like it's gonna be anything that, that they could possibly hilarious. the dick joke, like getting splooged on. That's like the first time I've heard in like a non super bad kind of movie someone use the word splooge. So, like, <laughs> you know, that's the kind of stuff that we're gonna get out of this movie, which is gonna be great because I feel like it's probably gonna be one of the best representations that Margot gets to do for Harley because we already mm-hmm. know that she can do it, but now she gets to be completely, you know 
Unchained. Unfiltered. Yeah, for yeah. real. So it's gonna be interesting to see his take on her as well. So you're you're leaning towards Harley. I'm leaning towards John Cena. I'm just excited for this. I'm this is one of the movies that I'm I'm going to the movie theater to watch because it just looks incredible. Yeah, for sure. We're, we're, this is supposed to come out like uh, May or June. Um, let's June, see. I think. I'm, I'm not gonna give you a, a false date. I'll tell you. The Suicide Squad. Let's see release date. It's uh, let's see. Give me one sec. Uh, I think it's dropping August twenty, August six, twenty twenty one. Okay. Yeah. Yep. August six. So. Oh, we'll I know it. that because in a later story, I had that was part of the deal. Yep. We get we get we get legit every. Uh, it's gonna end the summer with them. So. I'm yeah. with it, but we got some other trailers. I want to start off with Zola from A24. Bro, this trailer took me by surprise this morning. I watched it, and I was like, what's this Zola movie? And it literally looks like uh, Hoenn and being like a prostitute, their version of Goodfellas. Like, we got Hustlers. Now we're getting this. I'm digging this, like, female-era Goodfellas-type movies. And this movie looks great. Yeah, definitely. Um it, it doesn't feel like it's going to be like spring breakers, but the, in some ways, the way that it's shot and the tone almost makes you feel like spring breakers, but in a way, way more serious way, where it's just like, that's the kind of people you're getting mm-hmm. is like that Florida trash. Yep. You know, like, and like the, the drug, the drug trade and the prostitution ring only and, fans. Cause they're only fans in it a little bit too, or like they're cam girl in it. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like they said that, in the trailer this is like the the movie for the digital age mm-hmm. um so i think there's going to be a lot to this movie you know a24 can't do any wrong i think this is a big moment, breakout so. year for taylor page she was in boogie as the lead uh the lead actress and now we're getting her in this i think this is going to be a big year for her and riley q i just hope riley q doesn't get typecasted for that accent <laughs> so but zola great trailer now from one good trailer to a shitty trailer and a bunch of overacting and i see why this man has not been an actor in hollywood and god knows how long spiral the new saw movie bro chris rock needs to stop i chris rock was overacting cheesy they're doing the arm cut off thing again this movie looks like dog shit yeah, it th- looks like this movie doesn't know what it wants to be. Like at one point, it seems like it's trying to be like yeah, seven. Comedy, and then another and then it's tr- point yeah. is trying to be like a comedy, and another point is trying to be like a Saw. normal Saw movie. And I'm like, well, what are you going to do? Like, if you're going to be seven, I can get with that. If you're going to be Samuel Saw, Jackson, just pops up out of it. nowhere. Yeah, it seemed like he was in he, a different movie. Yeah, so oh. I don't know. Bad trailer, but every scene Chris Rock was in, being the detective in the police station, was overacted. When he, when he was screaming, and then like I was just like, "What is? What is this cheese ball shit?" Spiral. Not looking forward to it. Uh, yeah. The next trailer we got is uh, Kate Winslet's Mayor of East Town, where she is going to be a, a detective for HBO. Yeah. Her and Guy Pierce. This looks great. This looks like your new Your Honor, The Undoing, Undoing that type yeah. of vibe of show. Yeah, and I love that we get all this stuff on HBO Max. So this is going to be mm-hmm. like an HBO Max original. I assume they, they might drop the whole thing. I don't yep. know how this going to work, but maybe they do. They might do it um, weekly. It just depends. They might do it, whatever. But um, it looks pretty interesting. It's got like Kate Winslet being this chick who made like a game-winning shot in her hometown or whatever. Now and, like, she's everyone, a detective because like, her pops Now she's a detective. Yeah. And um, 
trying to solve this like murder. A, a murder in her small town. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of that that whole deal. Small town murders. Everyone knows everyone. She's like getting, she's getting a bunch for, of press. Yeah, because yeah. she's not solving it fast enough. This looks great, man. Mayor Easttown. We'll let you know more as more comes out. But y'all check out the trailer. The, the next trailer I got is something that intrigued me a lot. The Bad Batch, you your Star mm. Wars trailer. Look, this looks like one of the better Star Wars animated shows, and I was giving a shit when the announcement came out last year. And Schubert was like, "No, nah, I don't know, bro. I think this is gonna be pretty good." And I gotta give you your props, Schubert. The trailer sold me a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, the trailer for Bad Batch definitely felt uh like the typical star wars animated show i mean i feel like the star wars animated that's in that style whether it's clone wars or rebels they've i just feel it won't be as kiddie as those two shows uh yeah i mean i agree with that i feel like it's still gonna have its elements because it's a cartoon on disney plus true but, like, but I'm, i don't think we're getting a little bit more uh, seriously toned like space you, cows or space whales i don't think we get space no, whales. no 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 no, definitely not. I feel like it's going to be more like the best of Clone Wars like mm-hmm. near the end half of it, like when Netflix took it over. It's going to it's going to feel like that, but this is still going to have like it's stuff with like having that kid in it. Yeah, true. Um, true. So like there'll be some things that are a little bit like roll the your filler eyes. episode, roll your eye episodes. Yeah. Um, but the, I feel like at, for the most part, it is going to be, and I said this before we came on, like yeah, the, say you the Suicide say Squad of Star it Wars. Yep, it definitely I mean, gave me like, Suicide Squad vibes. Yeah, because, I mean, the way all their deformities kind of make them into superhuman. Like, one has the ability to, like, be a super marksman. The other, one, has you know, another one has super strength. Yeah. Yeah, so. One's, like, the perfect leader. Pretty much. So, so. like, they... They all have their different quirks, and it's going to be about them kind of navigating them their themselves into the galaxy because they've always been against the fold of the clones. So, like when the clones go to the Empire, they're like, "Well, I mean, we don't we don't really want to be yeah. we don't really want to be with the Empire." And they now, do we see at, Krennic? Well, you'll probably Grand uh, Tarkin is in it for sure. Wait, maybe I'm thinking of the wrong person, not Krennic. What's the Tarkin. what's the woman with the hat that's in Mandalorian that oh, has Fennec. that helmet? Finnick, that's who that was Finnick, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we, we knew that she was gonna show up. Okay. Yeah. For uh, sure. Fennick's in it and then Rex is also in it. Like it I was just I was just making sure that's who that was. But Bad Batch looks great. And oh, and now, Saw Guerrero is also in it. Mm, okay. And now to honestly one of your favorite directors of all time. And I'm thinking we're in the Statham Assance, Wrath of Men, Guy Guy Ritchie's Wrath of Men. It looks great. That trailer shocked me. I thought it was going to be another. I was like, Schubert, why are we watching this straight to DVD Jason Statham trailer? And boy, did it blow my mind. I really like the angle that they went with. It was like, mm-hmm. he's kind of like the Punisher where some something bad happened to his son. But the way that he's doing that is go through his son's job to like figure out like to how to avenge for his murder. Yep. And the job is, um, what do you call it? Armor truck driver. Armor truck security. And like, they talk about it early in the trailer where it's like, oh, you just don't we're understand prey. like how, yeah, we're prey. Like we are out there to like get robbed. And then, you yep. know, Jason Satham's coming out here being like a badass, killing all these robbers, killing Post Malone. And everybody's like, what is this psycho doing? So like, is he, does Jason Statham work for the mob? I know the mob's involved somehow, some way, but he's just knocking off people left and right. Like we gonna figure out who killed my son this way. So this movie looked incredible. Yeah, it looks like a big time action packed. A great action movie. Yeah. With a little mystery involved. 
with a little mystery, which, you know, that's that guy, Richie Charm. Mm-hmm. And we're going to give you the action, but we're going to give you a little bit of, uh, you know, mystery and story and plot. So, yeah. And the final trailer we got is for Rick and Morty season five, which is dropping June 20th. This trailer made me more excited for this season than I was when I saw season four's trailer for season four. Yeah, I don't remember how I felt around that. I mean, I kind of feel the same about all the Rick and Mortys. Like, I've seen maybe a few things that I'm like, okay, well, I'm really interested in that episode, like the episode with, like, Voltron. Voltron, so ready for that. Ready for the GIMP episode where they're all doing, like, looking like GIMPs and, like, uh, Dominatrix. That episode Uh, looks crazy. Um, I'm trying to think another one. uh, When Mr. Poopy Butthole's rolling around and Rick's like, hump him to completion. I'm like, what? That shit looks hilarious. And I love how it's more of all the family together this season. Yeah. Like, when Summer was, like, during the Voltron episode, like, look, this is Rick's shit. Either you come along with the ride or you get the fuck off. And then she was like, oh, no, I'm I'm coming. And then Jerry's like, yeah, I'm in, too. And and she was like, ugh, Summer. (laughs) Yeah, it is kind of more fun when the family's all together. Like, I do like the off Rick and Morty episodes. Mm-hmm. I really prefer either you'd be Rick and Morty or the whole family, not like Rick and Summer. Or like, yeah, or like, or that. like Jerry. But Morty I mean, like, and- there was that one episode where Jerry and Beth go to do like the couples counseling, and that was pretty fun. But like, yeah, you know, it, it just depends on the story. But like, it is fun to have everyone's dynamic together because like Rick and Jerry's dynamic is very funny. You know, Jerry's dynamic with like Beth and, and Beth's dynamic with her kids and with Jerry and with Brick is all very different. So yep. they, they all create like really good comedy that way. And I think like the episode you're talking about the dominatrix, it does look like it's just a Beth, Jerry and Rick episode. It does. So like that's so. something that that intrigues me a lot. But, you know, that's all the trailer going to be 10. Probably yeah. Gonna be 10 episodes again. Not expecting too much from, you know, Rick and Morty is, is like close enough. We get enough episodes to make us be like, fuck, we need more episodes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, I think this is going to be a good season. I think what they're trying maybe going back to is episodic instead of like I feel like in season four, season three, maybe two, they tried to get a little bit too much with the connections to past episodes. Be like, oh, don't worry, the show's all interconnected in this way. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, I mean, like it was kind of great in the early stages where we just got each show was a different thing. And we could keep it like that. We're- I, I'm still waiting for uh uh Pat I patch Morty to make his return. See, that's what you yeah. See, I just don't know like if I really am care to see that at this point. Mm, unless see, I, like I, I really, need it. Unless like it really tends to the story, but like because they set that up so well. Like it's time. It's time to bring it back. We'll see. There'll probably be an episode for it. Probably at Ho- the end. Hopefully, but that's all we got in the world of trailers for this week. All right. Well, yeah. Godzilla Kong coming out this week. You've already seen it, but uh, the director, he's attached to helm a computer animated adaptation of Thundercats for Warner Brothers. Mm. Okay. Um, he, meant, he mentioned that he's not interested in making a cat style live action version of Thundercats. He wants it to take a CGI approach to the visual to the visuals that would embrace the 80s aesthetic of the original series quote, I don't want to reinvent the way they look. I want them to look like Thundercats. Uh, I want to do a movie you've never seen before, a hybrid CGI film that has a hyper-real look and somehow bridges the gap between a cartoon and CGI. That's the starting point. So he's def- that's like my thing here is like making a CGI and you're trying to make this like the CGI deal where, I've, you know, I feel like he's thinking in terms of the Kong Godzilla. I don't know how it felt like, watching that like because like that's what i'm thinking is that he's trying to be like it looked great oh well then it might work 
It looked great. My only problem is him saying he wants to keep the 80s. Like, do some. Like, I get the I 80s. I think it's just the, the costume design. Stuff oh, it, yeah. Like, just make it upgraded to where it looks good for today. That's all you have to do. But I trust Adam Wingard after watching this movie. I'll talk more uh, Godzilla versus Kong in the non-spoiler review. But and next week, this is interesting. This is interesting. It is. It is. So, you know, bring on the Thundercats. I was a big fan of Thundercats when I was Same. a kid. So Thundercats. Let's see it. Thunder. Oh, it was a solid cartoon, man. It was. I, I, I'm those... funny enough. Hot take. I like Thundercats more than I like He Man. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you're not, I'm not gonna argue about that. <laughs> uh, so Colin Firth, he's gonna play Michael Peterson in a series adaptation of The Staircase, which has been ordered to series at HBO Max. The eight episode limited series is based on the docu series of the same name and various books and reports on the Michael Peterson case. For those who don't remember, Peterson was accused of murdering his wife, Kathleen, in 2001. He claimed that she died after falling down the stairs at their home, but the police suspected that he bludgeoned her to death and then staged the scene to look like an accident. Oh, uh, the shit. docuseries was released in 2004, um, and, but most recently Netflix did a 13-episode series in 2018 about it. Look, HBO's always doing this fire shit. This looks, this sounds crazy. Colin Firth's a great actor, and it's at HBO. Sign me up. You, we talked about it last week. America just has a thing for serial killer content, and this is just more of serial killer content. Yeah, this is going to be way more, I would say, similar to, like, The Undoing, where we'll probably, except where, like, they didn't show us the murder right away in The Undoing. Mm -hmm. They're going to show us the murder because we understand that we know what happened. Yeah. But it's going to be a lot of courtroom, too. Like, I'd say it's probably, what, eight episodes? Probably say two episodes of murder, eight, six episodes of courtroom. And you know I love me a good courtroom show if they do it right, because there's yeah. always good stuff in courtrooms and lawyer content in terms of movie and TV, if you do it right. Yeah, because, I mean, there's definitely going to be some detective investigating, too. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's going to be, like, one side of we see the murder happen, the other side of the detectives trying to get it going, and then the lawyers trying to close the deal. So we'll see. Yep, 100%. Next up. Probably on the most hated list of the Bros <laughs> Binge podcast, Jack Rayner's bitch ass from Midsommar has been cast in the lead role of Amazon series adaptation of the William Gibson novel, The Peripheral. The, center, the series centers around Flynn Fisher, a woman trying to hold together the pieces of a broken family in a forgotten corner of tomorrow's America. Flynn is smart, ambitious, and doomed. She has no future until the future comes calling her. Rayner will star as Burton. Gosh, I hate that he has my, la my last name. Jesus. He joins previously announced cast members Chloe Grace Moretz and Gary Carr with Moret set to play Finn and Carr set to play Wilf. In the novel, Burton is Flynn's brother, a U.S. Marine Corps veteran who served in the haptic recon unit. Is he an asshole in this too? I'm not quite sure. Mm. I'm not quite sure. Because uh, I don't know enough about the, the, the story. Yeah, but so as, as we find out more, we'll let like, y'all know. It's, it's a futuristic deal. Okay, okay. So Jack Rainer, fuck that guy. But, you know, good for Chloe Grace Moretz. Next up, we yeah, got... The, get, get her out of Tom and Jerry. Facts. The Witcher Blood Origin, uh, the Witcher prequel series currently in the works at Netflix, has cast Lawrence uh, Oferain in the lead role. Set in the elven world 1,200 years before the events of The Witcher, Blood Origin will tell the story of a... Uh, tell a story lost to time. The creation of the first prototype Witcher, the events that lead to the pivotal conjunction of the spheres when the worlds of monsters, men, and elves merge to one. Oferain will star as Fijal, born into a clan of warriors sworn to 
protect the king. Fijal carries a deep scar within the death of a loved one who fell in battle trying to save him, a scar that won't let him settle or make peace with himself or the world around him. In his quest for redemption, Fijal will find himself fighting besides the most unlikely of allies as he carves a path of vengeance across the continent of turmoil. This sounds cool and all, but can we just get season two of The Witcher first? Yeah, I mean, this is totally different from it. So, I mean, I don't... I don't see like why I would you know want to see The Witcher first. I could I could probably see this and then see The Witcher too. I don't really care. I'm gonna My watch it. Just like way. I, I, y'all y'all had one good season. Can we get another one? To sh- like y'all aren't Game of Thrones yet. I just feel like they're putting the cart before the horse. Well, I almost feel like it's gonna be a little bit more interesting for someone who didn't play the games. Ah, this is what you want to know. Like, how did The Witcher start and everything? Um, exactly. So, like, that's where, like, I'm really intrigued by this because I'm like, well, this seems pretty freaking cool and it seems like a lot more is going to happen fighting-wise than, like, what's happening in The Witcher right now. Season 2 is going to be crazy in The Witcher, though. I'm sure. I mean, I think it's... starting, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, but but, this, you know, but this for guy, someone like you who didn't play the game, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, and this guy, you know, this is going to be his big break pretty much. Yeah, true. He's never really been anything else, so. Good for him, but that's all I got in the land of The Witcher. All right, uh, so crazy casting here. Bo Burnham has been cast as a Boston Celtics star, Larry Bird, in HBO's upcoming series about the Los Angeles Lakers of the 1980s. Yeah, you heard me right. Bo Burnham is going to be cast as Larry Bird. Look, and say the second part. Yeah, Jason Siegel, he's been cast as Lakers' assistant coach, Paul Westhead. And we have John C. Riley as Dr. Buss. Yeah. What a so, weird cast. It's a crazy bro. cast. Like they're going for humor. And and the Discord was like, Bo Burnham can do it. And I was like, I love Bo Burnham, the comedian. Never seen him an actor. And the Discord was like, Whoa, Lyndon, you tripping. Bo Burnham could be a great Larry Bird. Larry Bird was a phenomenal shit talker playing basketball. And Bo Burnham can maybe pull that off. Maybe. I mean, I haven't seen Promising Young Woman, but I heard he's done really good in that. Shout out to Jay. He said it was great. So, so I mean, I believe I believe Bo Burnham can act. I just think it's very surprising to see Larry him Bird. being cast as Larry Bird because he doesn't necessarily strike Look athletic. Me. Yeah, he's yeah, he's never really played like an athletic person or like give he's, me the he's idea gonna have that he to train for months to pull off Larry Bird's jump shot. Like I got one of the best shooters, and Bo Burnham's gonna have to shoot. Well, I mean, like, I feel like he could, like, find a way to pull off the look of the jump shot. But, I mean, there's no way that, action is going that he's in. actually going to do. Yeah, I mean, there's like, no way he's jumpers. <laughs> but I'm excited for this movie, man. I think, wait, is this a Showtime series or an series, HBO yeah. series? HBO, HBO. Are we, are we HBO 100%? Series. All right, for yes. sure. All right, I'm not going to question you. Oh, yeah, it is HBO. I, I don't know why I thought it was a Showtime series. Maybe just because it's called Showtime. But it yeah. is HBO. Yeah, okay. Real. Crazy. Like, we also have... Who else is in this show, man? Like, there's some other crazy names in this show. Like, I'm trying to see... Like, they casted no names as, like, Irving and uh, whatchamacallit just to be, you know, yeah. make it to and where... I remember we talked about that. Yeah, you're interested in it. But I feel like there was another crazy, crazy role... That was why do I think Seth Rogen is in this? Sally Field is Jesse Buss, wild. Jason Clark is Jerry West. That's what it was that blew my mind. Yeah. Jason Clark's Jerry West. You got Adrian Brody as Pat as Pat Riley. Yep, which uh, makes sense. Michael Chiklis is Red Arbach, and like, what a crazy cast, man! All right, well, um, next 
we got a couple of pretty small stories. First one, uh, Russell Crowe will appear in an unspecified role in Marvel Studios' Thor Love and Thunder. Don't really know what that's going to be all about. It Good could, for him. It could just be another one of that group that's being cast in like the fake. The fake Thorverse. Fake I can see him being... I, I think it would be funny, and um, which I'm gonna call it is a, a very Taika Waititi's very humorful because Russell Crowe's Zorel. I could see him being uh, Odin in this. Well, Odin's like this. already cast as no, 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 no. I'm talking about like fake Odin. Well, I'm saying fake Odin's already cast. Oh, who's fake the same Odin? guy who was fake Odin last time it was a uh, what's that good dude's name? Sam, the old guy. Mm. Oh, shit, I don't remember. I don't know his name, but uh, I, I thought that was just been funny. But I guess it's not that since Schubert said he's casted, so I don't know who Russell Crowe can be. But small story, yeah. you know. Gosh, what's that guy's name's gonna bug me? Um, yeah. <laughs> is it that bugging you? Like, who, yes, who this guy is because he because like he's a big deal. Is he really? Yes, he's a big actor. Let's see. I'll see. I bet I'll get it before you. Let's see. Let's see. I've been I get it before you. Um let's see. Let's see. Here we go. Fake Odin. Sam Elliott. Mm, Sam Elliott. Okay. Damn. Oh, I guess he's a, a a pre Oh, you mean wait, you mean Sam Neil? Oh, yeah, Sam Neil, probably. Yeah, gotcha. Boom. Sam Neil from Jurassic yeah. Park. That's uh, what I'm talking about. Russell Crowe would be better than him. I agree. But, uh, yeah, he's already been it. Yeah, true. Um, and then the next story is that Netflix is going to put down fifty or four hundred fifty million dollars for the rights to Let's the just say half, a mil. Mil. half a half mil. a mil. I mean half a billion. Half a billion. Yeah. So for knives out two and knives out three, which good for know. Ryan Johnson. This is what he needs to be working on instead of working on Star Wars. I need more knives out. Is Lakeith Stanfield coming back? Thought he was at for knives out two at one point. They didn't announce him in this. Hopefully, he comes back. But we're still getting Daniel Craig doing another murder mystery, which I'm down for. Well, if he comes back, then give him more to do because I mean, Lakeith Stanfield's too big to just be sitting on the sideline. That's true. That's true, Shuby. You're right about that. But ne- next up, we got Duele Hill and Laura Kariki has been cast in the Wonder Years reboot pilot at ABC. Uh, Variety learned that they previously joined announced cast members Al- uh, Alicia Williams, who will play main character Dean, and Sekun uh, Singblo, who will play family matriarch Lillian. The project will show how a black middle-class family in Montgomery, Alabama in the late Eight nineteen sixties made sure it was the wonder years for them too. Um, Hill will star as the family patriarch, Bill Williams. He was a music professor by day and a funk musician by night described by alt Dean adult Dean as the baddest guy. I knew almost always calm and composed. His favorite words were be cool. Bill wants their, wants his family in their black middle-class neighborhood to remain a self-sufficient. And he puts uh, his money where his mouth is. Kariki will play Kim Williams, Dean's teenage sister. Kim is confident, bright, popular. She and Dean will be bicker as siblings do, but they have a good relationship. Her parents are preparing her for college, but Kim is starting to rebel, telling them Bobby Seal and H. Rap Brown didn't even finish college, and she'll learn more from Eldridge Cleaver's soul on ice than the SATs. You know, I'm I'm whatever on this. Yeah, I mean, the Wonder Years wasn't necessarily our era of sitcom. Yeah. Um, but I, I do like the Bobby Seal thing just because we've been watching a lot of Bobby Seal content. <laughs> so, very true. But um, it won't but yeah, give us and, Judas and the Black Messiah level stuff because this is ABC. Let's not kid ourselves. No, but I mean, like ABC is people who bring you blackish and and the, this is us and, and this is us and the 
the show that Emmanuel Acho talks about. True. So like I could see them really tapping into you know 1960s Montgomery. Some of the I just hope it's not issues. Are, you know, yeah, that's the issue where I'm having here, where it's like, are you going to be real cheesy on like big issues? You know, like but this, this is, is us isn't cheesy. This is us is one of the best shows I've ever seen. So, but you know, the Wonder Years is a sitcom about a kid pulled true. through his adult point of view. So true, it's true, just. True. I don't know. Like that's what I'm saying. Got the cheese ball factor right, ready to go. But yeah. you know, whatever. Glad to Th- see Dwele Hill back in, uh, back in something because I haven't seen him since like the West Wing and Holes. True, 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 true. But next up, we got Halle Berry is set to take on our man from New Jersey, starring opposite Mark Wahlberg in the upcoming spy movie. Boo! Wahlberg will also produce the film, working alongside Stephen uh, Stephen. Livingston, following last year's successful uh, Spencer Confidential at the streamer. The film script uh, comes from screenwriter David Guggenheim uh, based on the film, based on an idea from Levison. The details of the plot and Barry's role are being kept under wraps, but the film is described as blue-collar James Bond. Look, I don't like what Wahlberg and Levison did with Spencer Confidential, and I don't think this is going to be good. This is going to be a Netflix action movie, just how Netflix makes comedies for Adam Sandler. They make action movies for Mark Wahlberg. All that shit's ass. Yeah, this is kind of bad that Mark Wahlberg's trying to make a blue-collar James Bond movie. Like, come on, man. You could have just said you're making a, a Jason Bourne-esque type thing. Why are you saying blue-collar James Bond? That makes me think you're going to be like a hick solving crimes. <laughs> I don't know what to expect. This is going to be Mark Wahlberg, our man from New Jersey. He's going to have some kind of northern accent and wearing, like, boots or something. Yeah. And just being like, oh, yeah. Former military guy taking it on his own to solve the world's problems. The FBI wants him or some shit. Just sounds trash. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not really... As much as Halle Berry was a big staple of our childhood, I don't really think that anything... Even though she was good in John Wick 3, she was good in that. That's fair. But that's But still, she wasn't the biggest part of that. No, 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 no. Um, Well, going back to Disney Plus, they've ordered 10 episodes of a new TV series based on the popular National Treasure films. I know you like this. Mm. Ooh, your man on it. Interesting. Producer Jerry Bruckheimer. Um, And it's going to be directed by Mira Nair. The series will explore identity, community, and patriotism through the eyes of Jess Morales, a 20-year-old dreamer sets off on an adventure to recover lost treasure and uncover her mysterious family history. Okay. Don't really know. What, what worries me about uh, Disney Plus live action series is that you're going to get that John Stamos kind of mm. vibe. If it's not Marvel or, or Star Wars, we're not getting serious television. And, and Well, no. And then by specifying that she's a dreamer. She's a dreamer. <laughs> makes us think that this is going to be like it's 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 not necessarily. I feel like they're uh, cloaking a show that they wanted to pitch and putting a national treasure label on it just to get mm. people to watch it. And I don't really think that that's like. It seems like a Disney Channel original, me. almost. Pretty much, like it, it has nothing to do with national treasure, in my opinion. Like they're not going to be looking for treasure. the same treasure. Like it has nothing to do with like all of the stuff that the movies the family, had to do with, yeah. like you know. What is her? What is this lost treasure? Like, is there even really a treasure? Like, if she's not finding yeah. something crazy, then yeah, you're right. It is another pitch that they just covered with the identity of national treasure. Boo, Disney Plus, give them I, some I more think, boo news. 
I guess like before we boo them, we would need to see a trailer because like True. it could be like something that could be captivating if they. But just the way that they're pitching it to me right at the moment just doesn't seem like something that I'm too into. Yeah. Um, but the next stuff I have is a bunch of little small stuff. Uh, Donald Faison will play the professor in the live action Powerpuff Girls uh, TV series. <laughs> Trash. Don, I don't know why Donald Faison signed up for that. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Why would you do that? I thought they would get but someone good, like. But good for him playing Professor Utonium. <laughs> that's his name, Professor Utonium. Who you thought he was? Who you thought they was gonna get? Someone older and in desperate need of. <laughs> that's not a phase on. He old and desperate need of screen time. I guess so. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jordan Fisher, he's gonna join CW's Flash to play Bart oh, Allen. No, you got this one, well, it's just sad, man. Like, <laughs> why were this show still going on, man? And like, now you're gonna take one of my favorite DC comic book characters and put him in this trash. Hey, come on. Hey, people um, love this show, man. They're clamoring for uh, what's what's that, what's that dude's name? I forgot his name. That's how crazy. Grant Gustin. Grant Gustin for DCEU. <laughs> Multiverse. <laughs> dude can't act. I'm sorry, but uh, let's continue. What else we got? Uh, Ariana Grande is going to join The Voice next season to replace nice. Nick Jonas. She's qualified. She got pipes. She can actually sing way better than Nick Jonas, so I'm with it. The My thought process on that immediately is, like, how is she going to be as a coach? I don't necessarily know. I do, she's I a do great feel like... singer, though, Schubert. She's, like, amazing. No auto-tune yeah. on her voice. Yeah, I understand. But, I mean, like, for at least everyone else, they have, like, another credential that kind of puts them in. Like, Blake Shelton's been on the show for so long, so he's, you know, seen and developed, and he stays in contact with a lot of those people that play in his club. Like, Ariana Grande doesn't have a club for people to play in. Um, Kelly Clarkson, talk show host on NBC, been on, already been through competition shows, know how to lead somebody through a competition show. John Legend, a legendary producer who knows how to produce young talent. But she's you know, trying Ariana to start. Little... She might. She might be trying to start a label. This could like lead her into that. All I'm saying is she has Christina Aguilera level of singing ability. That's true. No, I mean like, she's uh, her no, and John no Legend are the singer. best singers on that show now. Oh yeah, I mean that's, that's like true. The, the other people can't even light a candle to her. So that's the only reason why I'm not mad at it. Well, and also I feel like she's gonna do a really good job of getting people to want to be on her team. Facts. Because, like, who wouldn't want to be on She's Ariana Grande's star. team? Like, yeah, man. So, you know, yeah. but solid for her. Yeah, and the last thing is American Gods. I know you watched that show. Got Good. Canceled. Ever since they got rid of my guy, um, oh, what's his name? What's his name? The African God. I'm going to get it. Don't worry. I'm going to pull it up. American Gods, actor, fired. Let's see. Hold on. Uh, ever since they got rid of Orlando Jones because he was acting too black, no, like huh. this show deserved to be canceled. Did you not know about that? No. The showrunners thought he was being too much of a of a uh, of an angry black man when that was actually his role. And like, good good that show got canceled. Fuck American Gods, bro. Dude, that show trash. was amazing. They got rid of the bet the showrunner. They got rid of the secondary showrunner, and then they fired him. Fuck that fucking show. So, but. Next up, we got just some some small things. Mortal Kombat got pushed back a week to April 23rd. Cool. Venom 2. Um, alleged, alleged, and just to add in that little bottom point so you have to read it, uh, Mortal Kombat was pushed allegedly to give Godzilla and Kong more room to breathe. As it should. 
No, I, I think that's smart because I'm going to get into Godzilla and King Kong, and I think Mortal Kombat is also a win, and WB wants to make as much money as they can, as they should. Both of those films will make them money. The, the theater was the most packed I've been in a theater all Corona. Like, legit. Yeah. So, Venom 2 pushed back a week to September 24th. Um, the, Venom the interesting movie, note about yeah. Venom is that it, it, it was supposed to, it's going to be put up against the Sopranos prequel that weekend. Yikes. And then Dune follows the following weekend. And, 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 and Warner Brothers not pushing shit. Yeah, they get they, fucked. If they would have stayed at their original release date, all they would have had to compete with is Death on the, of the Nile. But I think mm. that they, what they're saying is that they were a little bit worried about Suicide Squad. Mm. the month before but i'm like that's a month and a half after suicide squad comes out like you should have just ran it but like it's obviously they're obviously bearing it because they know they're going to lose the saint new saints of new work and they're going to lose to dune. dune so like there's just yeah they're burying it mm, not a good look for venom not a good look also the continental john wick how we always talking about the the john wick a tv show i've pitched it multiple times on pitch it the continental needs a tv show well it's back in development let's go in the final it's story gonna be is, live action right yeah bro I, yeah. I hope it's going to hbo i think it's hbo but also ghost of shushima movie is in development for sony pictures and playstation productions with chad stahalski directing chad stahalski's been getting so much work man uh, john wick guy he's done. oh he's the john wick guy yeah that's the john wick guy he just got announced for another movie the other day i'm pretty sure ghost of tsushima and then um there was another samurai s type th um he's doing the action thriller for new line um Let's see. It was something crazy that we thought. What is this? It's some. Um, but yeah, so that's the video game on PlayStation. Yeah, it's, it's my you favorite it, video right? game. Yeah. yeah, bro. Schubert, this is going to be amazing if they do it right. They have to do it right because this shit can have potential to be one of the best like samurai movies ever. Well, like, and let me is, not say ever because of the classics, but one of the better samurai movies of today. He also did takes nobody. Place in Japan. Yeah, uh, oh, he yes. also did nobody. Yeah, did yeah nobody. it does take place in Japan. So we should expect Asian it's cast, full Asian cast, full. I feel like that's the first step. Full. It should be make full, sure full Asian could, cast and yeah. in um and in um what you call it and in Japan. But he's also making Gangsters of Shanghai. That's the thing I wanted to tell you about with um with um who's in this. It's like the gangsters. Of it's it's like this new uh, TV show that sounds fucking good that he's making. And he's also making something else. Let me see. There's another thing he's making. Uh, Rain that was announced. And then in Highland. A lot of announced. action. Yeah, a lot of action movies. He's trying to take over from my guy. Um, my guy, Gareth Evans. But hmm. Gareth Evans is the is the king of action right now. Chad Stahowski. But if you if you nail goes to Tsushima. Then I might change my tone. Yeah, so I want to see nobody. Yeah, same. I, I need to see nobody. But that's all the news we have for today. Now it's time for the segment of the show where we suggest one movie or TV show that came out this week that you should watch. It is called Movie on the Rise. Schubert, start us off because I'm going to do a non-spoiler review when I do mine. All right, yeah. I want to go ahead and remind everyone that this weekend they're going to do that big uh, release of pretty much every Star Wars cartoon that they haven't already put on there. Okay. including Tar Tar uh, Tarnikovsky's Clone Wars. That's what I'm ready for. So make sure you go check that out if you've never seen it before because it's a really, it's quick, 
is you the best. Get, you, you can get it done in an evening, and it's it's really fun to watch. Yep. Um, and then also Concrete Cowboy, which we've talked about on here with Idris Elba. Gonna watch and, it, man. And uh, what's the kid's name? Caleb. Caleb McLaughlin. These are big McLaughlin. movies for both of these guys. We might be in the Elba sense. If this is good and Suicide Squad's good, the return of Elba. Yeah, a lot of people were, you know, down on uh, down on Elba, I was. and like he was like missing out on roles. It seemed like, but now. Here he comes. He's coming so we'll back see. in the market. And for me, I got Kong versus Godzilla. Quick non-spoiler review. Schubert, this is the movie you have to watch in theaters. It was absolutely amazing. What was our criticisms of Kong Skull Island, Godzilla, and Godzilla, King of Monsters? Too much human shit. They cut out as much human shit as they possibly could. And every time a human was on screen, you're like, uh, move it along. Let's get to the monster fights. But they executed. It was monster fight, monster fight, monster fight. And I loved it. My girlfriend literally leaned over to me. She was like, this is one of the better movies I've watched all this year. And I agreed with her. It, it, the plot, whatever. We're not there for the plot. We're there to watch Godzilla versus King Kong. And boy, did you get it. You got three matchups of them battling each other. And it was fucking amazing. And I think it's something everybody should watch. If you can't go to theaters, watch it at home. It's it's entertaining. It's what movies were made for. Straight blockbuster. Good time. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out. Eight out of ten, Schubert. I'm giving it an eight out of ten. That's how good it was. All right. Well, then I can't wait to check it out. Should be pretty fun. Um, yep. But let's talk about some of the stuff that we have gotten to watch so far. Let's, let's do start, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah, I was about to say, let's start. And that's no disrespect to Falcon Winter Soldier. We did it last Again, week. But, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, Falcon Winter Soldier is great. Give me my credit, Schubert. What did I call last week? You called that Isaiah, what's his last name, Bradley? Isaiah Bradley, and boom. Didn't think he was going to be in this episode, but it makes sense. Bucky was like, oh, we're dealing with super soldiers. I know one. Let's go talk to Isaiah Bradley. But I think it was more so to talk to, he wanted him to talk to um, Sam and be like, no, bro, you can be Captain America. But Bucky's not good at expressing himself, so he wasn't able to get that out of there. But thought thought that was great. I love the scene where they were doing the therapy, and Bucky was like, Steve trusted in you and, and you're letting him down. And because you're not doing this, this means Steve was wrong. And if Steve's wrong about you, then that means Steve's wrong about me. And I was like, Sam, bro, you need to just tell him you, you feel like you're not able to be Captain America because you're black. I feel like that conversation has to happen with him and Bucky at some point. I felt like it was going that direction at one point too, but like he swerved. He I was keep, like, I keeps, felt like he keeps holding it inside. And I'm wondering if there's something in his character that we're going to see that makes him like, not acknowledge that maybe so like that's why i feel like he still has a conversation to have with oh yeah isaiah he's gotta bradley. talk to isaiah bradley he has to um and i thought that stuff with isaiah bradley was really powerful where he's talking about like that they made him to be this super soldier and like and the captain america vietnam it. and then he comes back and they sick him in jail it's just like just we've seen Judas and the Black Messiah. We've seen Trial of Chicago 7. We know how they were treating black people in the 60s. It makes perfect sense. And I'm glad Marvel didn't run away from it because no. we've, we we know about the uh, Tuskegee, uh, tri- the uh, the uh, Tuskegee like uh, trials, yeah, trials yeah, and everything. How they exper- experimented on black people for vaccines yeah. and whatnot. It makes sense. If you're making super soldier serum, you're not going to try it on white people first in the 60s and 50s. I'm sorry. You're not. You're trying it on black people in other races. And it makes perfect sense. Thought that was great. We got to see uh, another young Avengers member as the kid who opened the door. Patriot thought that was great. Um, love the you know, John Walker shit. 
They tried to make you love John Walker. They show he has a mixed wife, a mixed, a, bl- a black wife, a black friend. All it is. Nah, fuck you, John Walker. You called Buck. You called Sam a sidekick and you said, come here, little Bucky. Don't talk to Bucky like that, you pussy. You didn't know yeah. Steve. You didn't know Steve. Yeah, I thought that stuff was funny. And then like the memes that people have been doing, it's like, what? I got a black friend and wife. Like... <laughs> They've tried to make us love him, but nah, bro. Fuck John Walker. And John Walker was like, okay, cool. Y'all stay out of my way then. Nah, you stay out of their way. Bucky will kick your fucking ass, bro. Bucky's a super soldier. Maybe not Sam, but Bucky will kick your ass. And that's the fucked up thing. They have to make us believe that Sam should be Captain America by the end of this. Well, I mean, he technically could kick his ass. I mean, John, he's not a super soldier. Yeah, they're both humans. Yeah, they're both humans. He's just decorated. But and, they said John and, Walker, but John Walker was he was a tra- he was a trained motherfucker. He could throw that shield. He was throwing. I ain't never seen so Sam, Sam throw that shield. I ain't seen Sam throw that shield. At the very beginning, at the very beginning of the season, it was I. <laughs> Bucky, uh, John Bucky Walker caught was, that shield. Yeah, Bucky did catch the shield. I'm lo- this uh, show is everything I want. Like Schubert, I told you, I knew this was gonna be my favorite Marvel show. It's action, 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 and I'm loving it week in and week yeah. out. I love the Flag Smasher shit. I hate that people have been like really going after Wyatt Russell for like, you know, being this character. Because like, I think he's acting I think that, perfectly. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think the point, I think the fact that they are so mad at him about the character shows is how good he is to how good he is at this character. I mean, I think he's really killing it. And he was think, he like, auditioned for Captain America and I'm glad he didn't get no. it. And I'm glad he got this. He fits more as knockoff Captain America than mainstream Captain America. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, uh, his family lineage, huh? Yeah. He's, um, the Ooh, famous I think it's Russell, Goldie Hawn. He's Kurt Russell's son. And yeah, Kurt Russell. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. So, it, but it's I pretty cool because you can definitely tell. But I think well, one scene that really kind of caught me was when Bucky was like, "Well, have you ever jumped on a grenade?" Mm, and like, like, and he's he was like, like "Yeah, I've jumped on multiple multiple grenades, but uh, you know, I have like a method of covering blah blah blah." Where it's like. He doesn't necessarily understand what it takes what to be Captain saying, America yeah. because, like, Captain America would do that with no hesitation, knowing that he would die and yep. with no hesitation, not like having, having it be, a like, plan, some kind of, yeah, or like no. having like the equipment. Like, the equipment doesn't make you Captain America. Like, the shield that's the whole point. The shield doesn't make you Captain America. It's the man you know, behind the, Cap- shield. the yeah, it's the man behind the shield who is Captain America. And, like, yep. and that's the whole point of like Bucky being like. Steve thought that to be you. And so, like, if he doesn't, if that's not you, then, like, what is it? Like, yeah. And then what what does that mean about, what does that say about me? Steve thought I was, could be rehabilitated and that maybe he was wrong because Bucky's doubting himself now. I think, like I said, this is Sam's story to become a hero, but this is Bucky's story to become a good person. And I think that's phenomenal how they're doing it. And I love both. I'm loving Sam more and more, but I'm really loving Bucky more and more as we continue they do a good job with the subtle references like this is where we he you know they reference the wakanda he's like what are you the white panther now he's like it's the white White wolf Wolf. i love that i love it didn't didn't take any more into it just said that one thing but it was just like oh yeah it was perfect it was perfect and then i love them battling the flag smashers sam being like smashers are going to be more little girl moving forward because like i think at the end of it the flag smashers are going to be someone that we root for maybe Maybe. I, don't, I don't think I, I still don't think that they're the primary villain. I think they're going to get corrupted by Daniel Brule, who we're about to see in the next episode. And I love how he's that's what I'm most up. excited for. Yeah. I, I'm ready to see how he breaks out because, you know, he's breaking out. Huh, that's Baron Zemo. And I love how they set it up. He was like, 
And Bucky was like, we got to go talk to him. And Sam was like, nah, bro, we're not going to talk to him. He's like, nah, bro, we got to go talk to him. He's like, fuck it. Let's go talk to Zemo. And then the music started playing. It was all, it was just like, this is a villain for the MCU. And this felt like for the first time, more so than Killmonger Thanos, even though those are better villains at this point, it just felt like, okay, this is the MCU's guy and I'm ready for it. He's like the terrestrial villain. Like he like just felt feeling. he felt very Lex Luthor esque, uh, Joker esque in that moment. He just felt like a real villain for the MCU. For sure. So like that's probably what I'm most excited for in the next episode is to see what happens with that. With Zemo, yeah, I'm with yeah. you. We only got four episodes left. Crazy. But this week they say it's 54 minutes, so I'm down. A real yeah, 54 I mean- too. Hopefully, we'll see. Hopefully. I mean, it's probably going to take me five minutes of credits. Maybe 50 minutes, but I'm cool with that. All right, let's get to the best show on television. The best show on television. What did you think? I'm, I'm going to wait and let you talk, start talking about Invincible first. And this is spoilers. We are spoiling Invincible. If you did not see episode one, please do not listen to this review until you have. Because there's yeah, some major there's really, implications. There's really no point in talking about the first 40 minutes of the show, honestly. You tripping. Well, no, I'm I'm saying like because like the show changed, and everyone says it like when you look at the, even the non-spoiler reviews, they're like at the end of the first episode, the show completely changed, and we knew oh, that it does. Was That's it what does. I'm saying. Like, there's no point in talking about the first 40 minutes. Like, it's a the first 40 minutes are a great superhero intro story, but you very much feel for Mark and like him becoming a hero. And I I guess it didn't. T- it took me a while to grasp the fact that he was an alien. Like, I didn't really understand that he was. He's pretty much the Superman. Yeah. He's pretty much like his dad's pretty much Superman of this universe. But you can definitely tell in the early on, like the people who are the Justice League were the Justice League members, you know, Darkwing, Darkwing, Batman. Batman But the only thing is, there was Wonder Woman, Batman, Flash, a Martian, Martian and Green Lantern. But the Superman is not Superman. I think that was either Shazam or like Hercules esque type character. Something like that, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, he couldn't fly, I don't think. He was mm-hmm. just super, super strange. And he could jump really far, I think, I believe. Yeah. So, but Omni-Man is Superman, 100%. Yeah, Omni-Man is Superman. And so, like, you understand, like, he's, uh, you know, Omni-Man's spawn. But, like, you know, and before I talk about that, overall thoughts on it, it makes, it gives me, it makes me feel like this is what Young Justice could have been if Young Justice went all the way. Mm. Like, if Young Justice, if Young Justice was, uh, you know, R-rated. R-rated, you know, like, I feel like this, just the Mark stuff, really, the Mark stuff and him, like, dealing with the other teenage characters. The threesome, bro. The threesome with Jason Manzoukas, his Rex explode and duplicate. I can't believe they showed, I I love that, bro. I loved it. Yeah, that shit was wild. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, to- I mean, but, I like, but getting to I like your other characters, yeah, That's what I'm saying like I like the interactions with like the the young characters, but I feel like you know his stuff with his dad is really interesting. I like how they switched um, it in the comics. Funny enough, the teen character stuff was first, and what the end of episode one doesn't ha- wouldn't have happened until episode three. So I'm glad they switched it to lure you in and then do the teen stuff because it flows better and it gives a mystery involved with season one as well. Let's talk about the first forty minutes. I mean the the last ten minutes right. of the first episode. Change yeah, the so show. pretty much, you know, when Omni Man comes in and pretty much kills everyone, every you know, everyone every describes Justice it as League like member. you had, you had like a mouth open feeling, and I, I guess I kind of had the same. I was just like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Like, what? And then you, you know, you don't ever really get any context to it. You don't get answers because yet. he's like, 
because he's like playing it off. The three episodes, but, we still haven't got any answers. And one of my favorite characters is Damien Darkblood, a.k.a. the Etrigan detective of this, solving the mystery. And he's like, he knows it's Omni-Man and the United States government won't listen to him. And I just love where the mystery's going, bro. Yeah, I like how in the third episode, it ends kind of with him. He goes in the house and talks to Debbie. And like he, he's like, are you, are you he, sure he you know your really, husband? He, he never, yeah, he never really talked to you about it. Like, yeah, he, he give you any peace of mind. And like, like Debbie's starting to question him because Omni Man's mm-hmm. acting weird. Like he was dumb for that, going to that funeral and then being like, oh, let's get some pizza. Like, bro, they just died. What are you doing, Omni Man? Yeah, like I'm still trying to figure out Omni Man at this point because like he's the Superman character, but like obviously. Because he said something to Mark, I think in episode three, that I was just like, what does that mean? Where he was like, uh, the species that we are, or whatever, we mean more to Earth than just some, you know, we have more. And, and, and then think about how they had that alien coming to do an inspection, and, and Omni Man didn't tell Mark, and Mark sat down and talked to him and learned about, like, oh, the dude made a mistake, but there's people coming to Earth to do inspections to see who's the protector of Earth. I think that's very yeah. interesting. Yeah, I do remember. Yeah, I remember what you're talking about with that. That was a that was an interesting sequence as well. I love his so. relationship with um, what's her name? Um, there's Rex Explode, Duplicate, Robot, and uh, Eve. Hey, Adam, I, Adam Eve. Yeah. Yeah, I love I love the relationship with Eve. I think Eve's a great hero. Um, I'm loving that he has to choose between her and uh and Zazie Beetz's character. Mark got yeah. a bunch of honeys Amber, on his, I think her name. Amber, yeah, he got a bunch of honeys on his lap. I'm loving that. Um, I love the battle when he finally went mad and he destroyed that king, but then his pops had to come save him because the king got too strong after the alien invasion shit. Thought that was great. I loved how the Guardians were like, you have to join our squad. And he was like, nah, but then Cecil was like, nah, bro, if you want to be a hero, you better go fight that mole man right now. Thought that was a great fight with Eve when he spins and he is a drill into the ground. Look, this show is fucking yeah, amazing. That was probably one of my most favorite parts of the three episodes was him and at, uh, Adam Eve going to fight at Mount Rushmore. Mo- molecular man or whatever his name is, yeah. Yeah, I, I really liked that whole sequence because it really felt like he was an established hero moving into like, the role of being a hero. And, and I like, love every time they say his name, they do the show. Like when he says his name, they do the show card and each episode got bloodier and bloodier just to let you know where we're going. I love that. Love it. Yeah. So there's definitely a lot of mystery going on and you know, it's we're at this point, we're still bleeding into like his normal life and the superhero mm-hmm. life. And want to see how that interweaves in the future with his friends and, uh, and Amber. I'm just ready for you to see the sci-fi element of this of this story because we haven't gotten to it yet, but it's coming and that's, it's going to blow your mind. This is literally this show. Amazon has a hit on their hands and people are not ready for what's coming. And I just, I can't wait to see everybody's reaction to when we find out what goes down. Yeah. I think that um, the show definitely is bringing something to our age demographic because we're the, the demographic that grew up with like these superhero cartoons and a very, like I said, with the young justice very much feels like that when you're in the age it. in the age of anime being more adult in the age of kids who growing up to uh, watching uh, Batman the animated series and Justice League buying HBO Max just for the a- animated content Amazon realizes that like our demographic grew up on animated stuff and we are the generation of anime and we've been saying for months you need to make adult animated cartoons 
uh, based on comics. And if this is successful, there's no reason why HBO Max shouldn't make a hundred bullets uh, animated uh, adult animated show. Like there's things that you can make. And this is the first step to that. I think the boys open the door for this to be made and just wait to see what Invincible opens the door on the same network. Yep. And just wait to see what Invincible opens the door for. They definitely do things within that that really feel like the boys. Like that sequence of the Omni-Man early on felt like the boys. I felt like Homelander when going in, killing that, everybody. When he smushed Flash's head together, bro. Ooh, and then and everybody Taking on top War was War like... War Woman going... Everybody was like, Darkwing, that's what would happen to Batman. He made him a ragdoll. His bones were crushed. And it was just his skin. Like, that was nuts. I was like, whoa. Crazy. Yeah, and then Wonder Woman smashing her head into the ground, taking the thing. Bow, bow. Great show. Great fuck. My girlfriend's mouth was dropped. She was like, I would never let my kids watch this type of cartoon. I was like, yeah, these are cartoons for me. <laughs> yeah, this is an adult cartoon, 100%. Exactly. 1,000. Yeah, right. I like, I, I still think, like, besides, you know, I think, I, I think the middle episode was the one that I liked the least, not saying I didn't like it. With the in Alien Invasions? Yeah, I really liked mm, episode three for some reason because I liked like, three I just, a lot. I did because like, like a lot of the stuff all. was a lot of stuff was like really starting to get explained in that, and then I liked like the uh, the trials for the new hero group mm. and like the dynamics of, of the different people and like and now that the robot guy like he yeah, ro- dudes out. And I forgot at the end, robots doing some shady shit too. And so I'm like, what robot dudes got some shady shit? But like I, that was the lead in because he talks to the little girl monster and is like. Yeah, no one knows who I am on the inside. And she's like, "You're a robot," and then she walks off, and I'm like, "Well, what? What's going what on? What is with the robot? he? Yeah, robot's crazy, bro." And then he has that beef with the black guy who used to be in the league, who's now like this Lex Luthor who has this suit. So I'm very interested to see what's up with all of that. Yeah, Look, Black Samson's his name. All this show, ten out of ten across the board. This is an incredible show, and it came up with a bang. So I'm excited. It's gonna suck if it's not three episodes this week and just one, which just I think one. it is. It's just one. Yeah, it's a good, it's one from now on. It's mm. like the boys was that first season. Breaking my heart, breaking my heart. All right, Schubert, let's get to the actor list. Ten through six, I'm hype. Who you got? Oh, yeah. oh well, go ahead and repeat your list. Twenty five through uh, eleven, real quick. Okay. I believe I had Will Smith at twenty five, then at Morgan Freeman. Uh, then McConaughey, no, then it was Will Smith, Morgan Freeman, Johnny Depp, McConaughey, Keanu Reeves, and Brad Pitt. I was through 20, then 19 through 16 was Ledger, Javier Bardem, Herschel Ali, Harrison Ford. Then 15 through 11 was Clint Eastwood, Robin Williams, Ryan Gosling, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Ed Norton. Mm, okay. Okay. All right. My list 25 is Robin Williams, Eddie Murphy, Will Smith, all tied at 25, 24, Javier Bardem, 23, Mahershal Ali, 22, Matt Damon, 21, Harrison Ford, 20, Gary Oldman slash Philip Seymour Hoffman, 19, Tom Cruise, 18, Jamie Foxx, 17, Clint Eastwood, 16, Lawrence Fishburne, 15, Joaquin Phoenix, 14, Ryan Gosling slash Jake Gyllenhaal. And I promise that's the only, that's the last slash, uh, 13, Samuel Jackson, 12, Jimmy Stewart, 11, Brad Pitt. Now we're on 10 through 6. Schubert, start us off. Who you got at number 10? All right. At number 10, I have uh, I have Michael Keaton. Oh, okay. Michael Keaton did make my list, but I love Michael Keaton as an actor. He made my honorable mentions for sure. 
Yeah, I think Michael Keaton will put some over the top here at 10 is, you know, a lot to do with his, um, his accolades. You know, he's been nominated for the Oscar for Birdman. Um, and that was like a really big movie that he, he was in. Of course, he was Batman, the first of the newer age Batmans. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he was in a lot of these like biopic movies like Spotlight, uh, The Founder. Um, you know, I th- he was able to transition and do something in the MCU and be a really believable character in the MCU, similar to like what we gave Jake Gyllenhaal credit for. He comes into Spider-Man and like really plays the villain role well. I think that's what's made Spider-Man one of the, you know, one of the good trilogies within the MCUs because he's had very good villains. We'll see what he does with this upcoming film. Uh, you know, he was also, you know, Michael Keaton also in the, some of the, a lot of the stuff in the nineties as well. He was Beetlejuice. Yeah, he was. Forget about that, man. I forget Keaton was Beetlejuice. Crazy. His relationship with um with Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot about that. Good pick. I like Michael Keaton at Tim. Yeah. So what about you? For oh, he's me, Jackie Brown too. Yeah. For me at number ten, I got Dustin Hoffman, known for Tootsie, Rain Man, The Graduate, Midnight Cowboy, um. Uh, uh, all the president's men, which I think is the best uh, political movie of all time. Shout out Lil Reg. Lil Reg was arguing with me, saying he thinks Vice is the best political movie. I think it's all the president's men. Carl Bernstein, the way Dustin hey, Hoffman, one. the way Dustin Hoffman acts, he he hits that multi that 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 multi array of things. He has more than four movies, and when you get to this top ten, I need someone with more than four movies that have smashes across the board. And Dustin Hoffman has that. Uh, he's he's been a lead, but he's he plays better as like a support, like in Rain Man or like in All the Presidents Men, where he can bounce off of somebody. But and he aged well. He was in a great um. Uh, animated movie with Kung Fu Panda as Sifu. He's been in uh, different things. He was in The Cobbler, The Program. He's aged pretty well into his movies, not making that bad of stuff. So, you know, I got Dustin Hoffman, number 10. All right, number nine for me is someone that we've talked about before. This is where I have Joaquin Phoenix. Mm, You know, we've mentioned it before. uh, Gladiator, Walk the Line, Her, Joker. I feel like uh, put him at this high because he's really hitting a spot where he's going to really continue. He's like, at this point, I feel like, uh, I feel like a modern day who's getting roles moving forward. He's, he's like DDL your, your top tier. Yeah. Like he's your, your A tier actor in Hollywood right now. He's going to get some of these real serious, like gotta carry the, the movie roles. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of his, some of the stuff that he is a little bit lesser known. He, he really does really good performances in, the master uh, so. inherent vice like all those movies are fucking great bro joaquin's exactly. amazing i'm not mad you know, at he, that. he's also able to transition to horror stuff you know with uh the village and signs of m night Shyamalan work so you know he, he can do a lot of different things and i feel like he's someone that definitely needed to make our list as he did so yep this is my next one. This I'm going to down my old man. Well, Jack Nicholson, number nine for me, Chinatown, as good as his gets the departed one flew over the cuckoo's nest, the shining you get, uh, all the, um, it's not all the president's men. It is, um, 
what the fuck is this movie called? Um, All good, uh, a few good men. A few good men. Like uh, Jack Nicholson is a he's a leading man's leading man. He's shown he could do a multitude of things. He's shown he could support. He's won two. Uh, he's won three Oscars. He's been nominated for so much shit. And it's Jack, man, one of the most impersonated people of all time. And there's a reason for that because he's incredible. Go watch Chinatown. Go watch One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest when he's young. <laughs> Uh, he kills it as a young man, but then as he gets older and as good as it gets, The Departed, uh, a few good men, and then as one of the best jokers until he's Ledger in The Batman. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, I will save it. All right, all right. Uh, yeah, so moving on, we're doing seven now. No, it's number eight. Yeah, that was nine. All right, so number eight for me is where I have Tom Hanks. All right, I'm 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 one above you, seven. All right, well, there we go. We can talk about it. So, yeah. For, for me, Tom Hanks, you know, we've talked about it here where a lot of people will probably think it's blasphemy, but, I mean, you having, you having him one lower, I feel like we kind of agree here where... No, he, I have him one higher. I have him one higher. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. you have one higher. It's, it's about the same area. Yep. Uh, he does a lot of... He has a lot of big movies, of course. You know, but Forrest a lot Gump, of the Castaway, same Big, Catch Me, Catch Me If You Can, Toy Story... Uh, the Da Vinci Codes the, did a lot of work in rom-coms in the 90s. You can argue he has one of the best runs of all time when you go from... Captain Phillips. When you go Philadelphia, Forrest Gump, Apollo 13, Toy Story, and then Saving Prime. Ryan, like, yeah, look, yeah. At, look at that run. That's an incredible, incredible run. Yeah, so, like, if we were talking about who's the best actor of the 90s, he'd probably be in the top five. He definitely like, is when he turned the corner into like this decade is where things kind of changed a little bit. Like Captain Phillips was a really great film. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you, you have, know, I haven't seen news of the Sully. world. Sully was great. Uh, I, I don't like Sully. the post though. Where yeah, been Bradley. Um, you know, I feel like the Da Vinci code stuff kind of burnt out after the second one. Definitely did. Um, and then shit like cloud Atlas, like what is he doing? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, kind of did some in, weird in the stuff. 90s the two best actors is him and denzel washington and some people think tom hanks had a better 90s than denzel so you know tom hanks killed it in the 90s and early 2000s because when did he do castaway yeah castaway's 2000 so you finish yeah. the 90s with green mile toy story 2 saving private ryan uh toy story 1 apollo 13 forrest gump philadelphia that in a league of their own sleepless in seattle what an incredible yeah. run. Tom Hanks, there's no way A lot way of iconic not, movies. Exactly. There's no way he's not top 10. So that was your number eight, my number seven. For my number eight, I have Toshiro Mifune. Yes, the legendary Japanese actor Toshiro Mifune. You may know him from um, his works like Rashomon. You may know him from his works of Seven Samurai, which inspired the Magnificent Seven, which inspired Mo- uh, Star Wars. Him and Akira Kurosawa. Without these two dudes, we do not get majority of the movies that we love. Like Yojimbo. Yojimbo is basically uh, Han Solo, essentially, or The Mandalorian. Like the like Yojimbo doesn't get without Yojimbo. Jimbo, the Mandalorian does not get made. Cowboy Bebop does not get made. This dude was the inspiration for people like Jack Nicholson. Like, this guy was a guy who could fuse his comedic aspects while still being serious. Toshiro Mifune has made some of the best 
movies of all time. If you can just deal with some subtitles, then you'll get some of the most incredible movies from Seven Samurai to Yojimbo to Rashomon to Sanjuro to, and I always say they have to have five at this point, Seven Samurai, Yojimbo, Rashomon, Sanjuro, Throne of Blood, The Hidden Fortress, Samurai Assassin, all incredible movies. Then you go Redbeard, where he's not a samurai. Stray Dogs, where he's an assassin. He in, he he introduced the type of character that Quentin Tarantino loves to make. This guy who can be uh, a samurai. He he a samurai who can be an assassin. He's he is the modern day action. He's the inspiration for the modern day action star. He is him and Akira Kurosawa are the inspiration for Sam Jackson and Quentin Tarantino partnering like they did. When you talk about great actors, you have to talk about Toshiro Mifune. He's my number eight. All right. So, yeah. So, we're going to my seven. Yep. That's where I have Daniel Day Lewis. Oh, the great, one of the greatest actors of all time. For me, where, he, where he's at seven. Oh, sorry. It's because of uh, quantity. Mm. Not saying that what he didn't do was quality. It's just when you're going through the list of some of these people that we're going to talk about in five, they have more than what I could write down for him. Like for me, I have uh, for him Last of the Mohicans, The Crucible, Gangs of New York, Lincoln, Phantom Thread, and There Will Be Blood. Um, but for some of the people that I'll talk about, you know, moving forward, is uh, there's a lot more movies that you can. My left claim to them. Oh, dude has three Oscars. Oh, I'll talk more Daniel Day to, uh, next week. But the district, should be disrespected. Brad Pitt on this list first. Brad Pitt was too low, and now he disrespecting DDL. Huh, all right, you. I'll accept it. Seven? You know, no, he should have been six. Well, he should have been six, but like you'll see with six, it was because of the length and longevity and the movies that I could list. Ah, and I, and I, and I. Well, I gave my seven, so um, my, I guess I'll go to my six. My six yeah. is Christian Bale. Okay. I, I had to put Bale outside the top five. Bale to me is one of the best young actors out. It's 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 him and Leo have been running this decade. When you look at Bale, you have not only all of the Batman, you have American Psycho, you have Vice, you have The Fighter, you have Public Enemies, you have 310 to Yuma, which is one of the best Westerns of the 2000s. You have The Prestige. You have um, Howl's Movie Castle, which is one of the best Japanese anime films where he voices the main character, Howl. You have Shaft, where he plays opposite Samuel L. Jackson as a young man. You have Ford versus Ferrari, which is an incredible film. The wood so what you're saying is, is he's the most versatile actor that you couldn't put in the top five. Uh, yeah. He's yeah, literally done everything from when he was a child to now. He is, but I, I think I think the thing is the, the five that I have ahead of him are just better actors than him. Just flat out. Just better actors than him. Bale better is great. It is just, I just prefer their films. Bale is versatile. Bale has hits, and that's why he's number six. He's right on the outside, and I just feel that five through one are just better actors than him. But Bale is incredible, man. I love Christian Bale. And to me, if you're asking the best actors of the 2000s, it's it's Leo 1, or it's Leo and Denzel, and then Christian Bale 3. Christian Bale would be 3 if we're talking 2000s. So, I mean, you yeah, can't, I mean, I, like, he's the, incredible. His, his parallel to Leo's career is where you can almost, if you look at them side by side, they have, they have the same career. It's Very just similar. maybe some of Leo's movies... Leo had better choices more. Than him. Yeah, because I mean, look when you look at it, Christian Bale did Exodus, Gods and Kings, 
where he played Moses, mistake, Christian Bale, mistake, rescue Dawn, mistake, harsh times, mistake, <laughs> fucking rain of fire, mistake. Like he, he just has a lot of misses. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'll, I'll talk about him another time. Yeah, I know the same, same with me with DDL. So who you got to sit? This is where I have Jack Nicholson. Oh, okay. Respect. You put him higher than me. Okay. Yeah, I put him higher than you, and I put him above Daniel Day Lewis just because of longevity. You know, mm. one threw up, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Shiny departed. My thing with Jack yeah. is, and the reason why I put Jack low, but Jack had to make top ten. Jack got so many duds, bro. He does, but then it comes into the versatility thing, where like he also has one of the best uh, critically acclaimed rom coms of all time. True. When uh, good with as some, it gets. With, yeah, something's got to give it. That too. Yeah, and as good as it gets. So you know he can do a lot of different things. He can also be the Joker, and that takes a you know a real big step to take. And that's, that's you nice. know one thing that you can say with Daniel Day Lewis. He never played a character that had been played before by other people to be an iconic. You know, even with Lincoln, there wasn't a lot of people that you could be like, oh well, this person played Abraham Lincoln. Like he really is like the one person you think of when it comes to that. But when Jack Nicholson's case, a lot of people would argue that he's the best Joker we've got on screen before the most comic book accurate Joker that we've had before. So that's where I kind of give him the edge. All right. I'm not mad at that. I'm going to give my DDL love uh, next week, but all right, give your, uh, give your 10 through six again. Um, Michael Keaton at 10, number nine, Joaquin Phoenix, number eight, Tom Hanks, number seven, Daniel day Lewis. And uh, number Six, Jack Nicholson. For me, I go number 10, Dustin Hoffman. Number nine, Jack Nicholson. Number eight, Toshiro Mifune. Number seven, Tom Hanks. And number six, the best the best number six you could possibly have, Christian Bale. All right. Solid so, yeah, list. I mean, I think, I think it's pretty known where we're going with top five. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, obviously I have Bale in there. Yeah, I, and obviously that. I have DDL. And obviously you have DDL, so I think you know we can Piece agree that we probably have Everyone all the rest else. of them are the same. Yeah. I, I would I would guess, you know, I think that we're kind of thinking on the same wavelength there. Uh, and be we'll talk honorable mentions next week too, because I got a lot of honorable mentions. Yeah, I guess the one thing I would think of is I'm guessing that we'll both have Denzel in there. I might have him lower than you do. You definitely will, and it's going to be disrespectful, and I'm going to be upset. <laughs> Probably. I'm going to be upset because I don't know who you're going to put in number one, but I'm going to be upset no matter how you do it. Cause I'm already upset with Brad Pitt being low. The Brad Pitt slander started my upsetness. Then the Daniel day Lewis slander today. And then the Denzel slander next week is going to have me upset. If Christian Bale's number one on your list, I'm going to be upset. No, no, no. Okay. Okay. Christian Bale better like not be I, like above said, Denzel. Like I said, Christian Bale can't be above Leo because they've had the same career, but mm. Leo had better movies. So got you. Got you. So we'll do we'll do all that next week. But that's all we got, Schubert. I'm I'm loving our list. We're almost done. Next, we're doing actresses, which I must say is a much harder list. But I think that's yes. just because Hollywood hasn't given actresses a lot of love, and I think that's more of a reflection on Hollywood. So it is way more of a reflection of Hollywood. That's why we'll probably have a lot more modern actresses, and like and why some of them, some of the ones that'll be in the top half that are older, like the Meryl Streep's. Only because like they were the only ones getting the quality roles. And for they were a the legends, time, you know. Yeah, facts, 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 so. facts. And especially with like black actresses, like 
there are some that just didn't get love back then, man. And they just did actresses, women of color actresses dirty. And I tried to put as many as I could who I thought deserved to be there. But it's like you can't put them over some of the people, like you said, like, for example, like the Meryl Streep's who are getting all the roles. For sure. Like, you know, Regina King is probably one's going to make both our lists. Yeah, she's high for to- me. And it's hard to say that Regina King is your top three because of some of the you can the other careers that you can yeah you yeah. just can't I couldn't put Regina King top three but there is a black actress that I could put top three though and I, I'm arguing well yeah all right well that that wraps up everything for us this week next week we'll talk about the top five and honorable and we'll, mentions and honorable mentions we'll uh, we'll get episode three of Falcon Winter Soldier another episode of Invincible, Invincible and we'll your, uh, Kong yeah, we'll, and yeah we'll spoil, spoiler Kong. Well. yeah yep 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 and I'll probably so, watch Concrete Cowboys and let the people know should they watch it or not I'll probably I could probably watch that as well it's definitely more likely get my girlfriend watch that than watch Kong versus Godzilla mm, so got you got you also I think uh, is our poll done for the next run it back let's see Who's winning the poll? It's looking like we're going to be reviewing Step Brothers, and you were right, you, but you're like, you put Step Brothers in a poll, everybody's choosing that. Yeah, I didn't choose that, but you know, yeah, I didn't, I didn't vote, I didn't vote for that either. But so that's the fans that this is one for y'all. I, I, I wanted Dodgeball to win. I wanted Harold and Kumar. Mm, I, I would have been okay with Harold and Kumar or trading places to win, but I wanted Dodgeball to win. Dodgeball did not get enough votes. Like, uh, fucking Step Brothers is killing it. So. But all right, you guys make sure you follow me at LinBWT. Follow the Bros Who Think at Bros Who Think. Be sure to check out uh, all the content on the YouTube. Uh, if you haven't checked out the most recent Running Back Black, Black Klansman before we do the next one, be sure to check that out. Um, be sure to check out the most recent episode of Anime Talk, uh, the most recent One Piece review. Also, April 10th, April 10th, April 10th, April 10th at 8 o'clock Central Time, 8 p.m. Central Time, twitch.tv slash Bros Who Think. Damo Gary is taking on Nola Pels Reddit, aka Luis, in Pitch It. Me and Schubert will be on the desk. Ian will probably be joining us as well. I'm excited. It's going to be a great match. Be sure to check that out. Also, all the other matches will be up from now until next week. We're putting them up all before leading up to the April 10th on YouTube. So be on the lookout for that. All right. Uh, so everyone keep up with what's going on with the network. We'll definitely have things coming out. Bros who think was off this week. We'll be back next week. Yes, we will. Um, and, you know, definitely lots to talk about for sure, especially uh, yeah. sports. Oh, geez. Um, and uh, yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram at HGuber14 and make sure you catch all the great content out. It's This is the prime time. Oh, it's now, amazing. Now, and I think, now I think until maybe middle of, june beginning of july we got even in june we're getting low-key like we're getting content man it's great like marvel's gonna keep us steady for tv and even in the break between falcon winter soldier and marvel we're gonna have bad batch it's true and then there's some hbo shows dropping and then we got mortal Kombat move like we're good i mean we're good for a while it's gonna last Invincible, for a while. I think has 10 episodes mm-hmm. so that means we at least have seven more weeks of that yep and then there's another show i think coming out soon i'm not i'm not 100%. i think that michael b jordan show comes out after it's a movie or in april movie. with our yeah. remorse you know we're reviewing that yeah so there and we you go. could review my hero if we wanted which started but that's an anime talk i haven't gotten to that yet i have to oh you gotta watch it you sleep you sleep i'm waiting because i mean i hate having to watch it week to week mm, okay i feel it's easier if i can watch it in clusters Got you. Got you. But yeah. All right. And I'm watching too much One Piece, so there you go. I'm not mad at you for that. 
but everyone out there, I hope you have a great week. And as always, keep in touch.